0: there's enough money out there for everybody. There's enough houses for everybody to start investing and really start creating that generational wealth that we're all chasing after. And so, you know, we'd like to think that we, we try to do the same thing for people a couple steps behind us. And we got lucky that people who are a couple steps ahead of us showed us the ropes. We're all playing the same game. So, you know, the more we can help each other out, the better.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Obsessed with Real Estate show. I am your host, Alana George, and I am obsessed with real estate. We have a great show lined up today with Fernando Pinheiro and Alex Dance with KDB Real Estate, and they share all about their strategy of buying single family homes and renting by the room. I had so many questions, a lot of deep dives on that, and they also talk about DSCR loans, and we do a deep dive into partnerships, so their best friends and their partners, which is wild to me. I will be having my best friend on the show here in a month or so, and um, she's amazing, and I love her, but we wouldn't partner up together, and maybe you'll see why when she's on the show anyways. I loved talking to Alex and Fernando, and they were just lots of fun and had a lot of information to share. And they're so young, and I'm so jealous because they're much younger than I am and much younger when they started. So super cool stories. But before we get into that, I want to do a quick check-in. So not a lot uh, going on new in my real estate life, Uh, just a lot of property management for my five units in Northeast Ohio. Um, I'm also looking at uh, other markets, looking at San Antonio, and'm still interested in Northeast Ohio, but kind of want getting the bug to buy again. I'm getting the itch. So maybe that'll be a plan in the next six months. We will see. I want to chat about outsourcing. We talked a little bit on the show. Uh, Fernando and Alex are right on the cusp of really being able to hire out things like property management and tedious tasks that they don't want to do and they both don't enjoy doing. So I want to talk about that just briefly and how outsourcing and being okay with letting go has really changed my life. I encourage you to look at all of the tasks that you are doing currently, especially us women who wear so many hats and look at what could you feasibly outsource. I have a VA and she's changed my life as well. There's a lot of tasks that come up for me that I don't even think about doing anymore, right? A lot of the technology stuff having to do with this podcast is just beyond me. I could do it. I could take the time to figure it out and I could execute it. But do I want to when I know that somebody else can do it so much faster and easier and I'm learning more and more about what I should and shouldn't be doing in my life. I have a book recommendation, Do Less by Kate Northrup. And I read this a few months ago, actually, probably in Q1. It says, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Ambitious Women. I saw that and I'm like, bingo, that's me. I was feeling overwhelmed at the beginning of the year. And there's a lot of action steps that she gives to doing less, which doesn't mean being less, if we want to go further, faster, we can't do it alone. and we have to really work on our self-awareness, which I talk about with Fernando and Alex today, on what we are good at and what we're not good at or what we don't enjoy doing. Maybe you're good at it, but you don't like it. Does it feel heavy to you? So Kate Northrop in her book goes through you know strategies for listing out the things that you're doing, you know, list out your biggest successes and what actions came from that. For me, it's like, what am I naturally good at and what are dollar producing activities that I couldn't outsource, right? When I was looking for my real estate sales business and that really helped me grow faster. And I can, I'm able to do more and be more by having people help me. Imagine that. It's so hard to do sometimes is letting go of the results. And I get this superwoman mentality where I have to do everything and be everything to everybody. And it's just exhausting and it's not true. It's not real. That's not how life is. So being true to myself is letting my natural abilities shine through, right? I'm good at a handful of things, and if I lean into those hard enough, I can build a whole career and life around those. So really accepting that. Now, before we hop into our show, another little fun fact is that we actually had an earthquake during the show, and I had an inkling that we were having an earthquake while Alex was talking. Uh, I held the table and tried to play it cool. I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not. But uh, I live in the Redwood Mountains in Santa Cruz Mountains, and I also thought maybe it could just be a redwood tree falling or something, which doesn't happen that often, but trees fall it's not a big deal. And so the whole house was shaking and I tried to play it cool and I'd never want to assume that we're having an earthquake. If we're not, it didn't seem like any, there was any damage. It wasn't that big, but kind of a funny story. Cause we are already talking about California natural disasters with fires. So That's California. If it isn't on fire, it's shaking or the like. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Let's jump right in. All right. I have Fernando Pinedo and Alex Dant with KDP Real Estate. I'm so excited for you guys to be here. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: So glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Great. So I met these two at BPCon. So huge plug for BPCon. It's great networking. You meet some cool people. This was at a bar after the welcome party that somebody told me there was going to be an after party at this bar. And so I went there and I was just sitting at a table by myself. <laughs> and you guys came and sat with me. And so that was really cool. Um, I don't even know because my back was like facing the whole place if it ended up being a party or not, or if it was just like um, five people.
0: Not too not many really. people made it to the after party. But, you know, I think that's when the best networking happens anyway, is when you can get a little bit more like one on one time with people, hear a little bit more about their story besides, hi, I'm Alex, I buy here and then <laughs> on to the next one. So it was nice to catch up over some drinks still. Absolutely.
1: Brilliant. I don't think
0: anybody showed up to that, but everybody has their their little tag,
2: so we're just looking around like for other people that also are at BPCon. So at least we yeah. have that in common.
1: Yes, I did the same, and I think that you're right, Alex, because the uh, welcome party was so loud. It was at a nightclub, and here we are trying to network, and it's like hi. I'm Alana.
0: Yeah, my voice so was hard. gone by the first day. And the party was awesome. It was a blast. So thank you again to Bigger Pockets for throwing it. But we were, we were all screaming just to hear what each other's name was. And then by the time it came to the next day, I sounded like a toad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My head was hurting. I wasn't even drinking, but like I felt like I. I was gonna have a hangover from just like yelling, trying to meet people in this crowded bar or <laughs> nightclub. I think that was thrown by Aloha Capital. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to them. That was a really cool party. It was just really loud, and maybe yeah. that comes with age,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> Funny told, <laughs> <laughs> told us the the after party was going to be at the at the country bar, and Nashville is known for country music. We just can't get away from. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get away from it.
1: It was like, perfect, that's right up your alley. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm glad that worked out because I had a good time chatting with you, and I felt like your story was really interesting. We kind of dove a little bit deep there. So um, I'd love for you to share a bit of your background uh, and how you two met.
2: Absolutely. From the Dominican Republic, lived in Florida for a while, enlisted in the Army, uh, got stationed at Fort Campbell in Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, was in for about five years and started investing at the end of that
0: yeah and i'm from right outside of philadelphia so i enlisted in the army at 18 as well i got to the base fernando was already there and we kind of um we kind of became friends pretty quickly after showing up and from there we kind of so me and him became close just through through the army as we were going through that, at one point we were deployed to West Africa. We didn't have much time to do, or we didn't really have anything to do while we were over there besides stare at the desert, work out, and then uh, be very, very bored. And so we we were lucky. We had a mentor that kind of started showing us the ropes with real estate. He already had a couple rental properties. So at that point, I think we were probably 19. We knew we didn't want to stay in the Army for the long term. Uh, we kind of got to a point where we accomplished mo- most of our goals in the military. We were ready to move on. And this guy showed us what he was doing. He kind of lit the flame. And we were like, this real estate thing sounds pretty cool. Uh, long story short, we started buying houses together after that. And then now we are here after meeting you at the Pockets conference.
1: That is amazing that you had a, you know, a mentor like that. Right, not everybody gets somebody that shows them the ropes, and I think that the real estate community is very unique like that. Like everybody's willing to share because there's so much real estate and money and housing to go around. That you know, if if you shared what you were doing with somebody else, just like we're doing here on this podcast, it doesn't take away. It just enriches your life right it doesn't take away from your portfolio like everybody's i've ever met that has been successful is willing to share
2: right there was no lack of, of properties to to be bought you know we could all could have bought more
0: than a hundred properties and we all would have <laughs> hit it up fine so yeah and and that's one of the really cool things about the real estate world and you know the investing world is everybody is so welcoming Everybody really does want to show what they learn to other people. Um, you know, the cool thing with real estate, there's enough money out there for everybody. There's enough houses for everybody to start investing and really start creating that generational wealth that we're all chasing after. And so, you know, we'd like to think that we, we try to do the same thing for people a couple steps behind us. And we got lucky that people who were a couple steps ahead of us showed us the ropes. We're all playing the same game. So, you know, the more we can help each other out, the better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we can team up with each other. And it's just such a win, win, win sharing. Um, my next question for you two is Would you say that you two are BFFs? <laughs>
2: I would say, wow. yeah, I would say, outside of work,
0: I would never hang. I'm, seeing
3: <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. As soon as the camera is off, we don't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All about the money. <laughs> I live here and I don't talk to him at all. Oh uh, yeah, outside actually, of work, let's uh, let We'll share a little bit our living situation. <laughs> so we're young guys. So we got out of the military, and uh, so he was the first one who bought a house, and uh, so he bought a house using his VA loan. And uh, pretty soon after that, I guess who came knocking. It was like, hey, man, you got an extra room for me to, to bunk up? So that was our first deal was a house that he bought with his VA loan. And then soon after, we bought some other houses and we soon ended up moving into this one. So we're house hacking. He's got a room. I got a room. Our office is in a third bedroom. And then the fourth bedroom, we're renting out to a buddy. So you can say that we do a lot together, including work together. We'll hit the gym together sometimes too. Uh, depending on the day. So we're kind of, we're kind of in it for, we eat, sleep and breathe real estate right now at this point in our life.
3: Yeah.
2: It's
0: pretty much all the
2: same interest outside of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're pretty obsessed with real estate. Can you go, I want to just um, do a little deep dive there and talk about the VA loan for somebody who hasn't heard of it. I'm probably people in the ma- military know about it. Uh, I don't know if this would be a good reason to join the military. I'm definitely jealous that you get to take advantage of this. Can you fill us in on that?
2: I would say, do not join the military just for the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> it is not why we joined. I didn't even know that it was available until a couple of years into the army. Oh, so, wow. I mean, seventeen-year-old me, very novice, did not know a whole lot besides how to do push-ups. So, the VA loan is definitely a powerful tool and. Can be used to exponentially grow your your portfolio, and especially if you use a two house hack. Uh, I I, right before I got out, I was telling everybody that I knew I had a couple of soldiers under that I was leading, and I was telling them to just use their VA loan to and how you can use it, how you can live for free, and and all the benefits associated with that. And uh, maybe stuck with some of them, (laughs) I'm not sure, but. I was definitely
0: trying to educate as many soldiers as I could. Yeah, and so the really cool thing about the VA loan, it's 0% down. Its counterpart uh, to non-veterans is the FHA loan, which as a lot of us probably know, 3.5% down. Both of them are awesome, awesome tools to take advantage of. Whether you're a veteran, use that VA loan or not, you can use that FHA loan. So those are good, normally up to uh, four units of quadplexes or less, as long as you're living in one of the units. The really cool thing about the VA loan, you do not have PMI, so there's no private mortgage insurance. That is uh, something that normally you have to pay if you have less than 20% equity in a house that you're purchasing. So we don't have that. I have a cool story i like to share for this house that we live in in Nashville. Uh, I bought, so 0% down. And just because of the seller credits, a few other things, I got paid. I think it was a $1,200 check at closing. So I got paid to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Obviously, that's not going to happen everywhere you go. But hey, with the market shifting even more than it has before, you might be able to pull out some seller credits and get a check at closing like I did. But that's definitely not a normal thing to happen.
2: In addition to that, uh, some of the lowest rates that I've seen. So when, when rates hit the floor and... Uh, 2020 is when I bought my first home. I mean rates they're offering 2 point25 interest rates, which is you know unheard of now
1: yeah
2: and definitely something to take advantage of.
1: So that is awesome and like I said, I'm super jealous and mm-hmm. thank you for the thorough explanation. Just as a side note I told I told my dad once that I was thinking about joining the military when I was young uh-huh. and he said no way. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah he just was like nope no you're not <laughs>
0: yeah well there you go it's, i it's love right. the
1: structure of it right the like yeah. you do this you do this you do this and the there's the ranking system so you know you can accelerate and i there was a lot of things that i liked about it but my dad joined at 17 and went to vietnam so he was yeah, like,
2: yeah he nope. <laughs> probably had a, a much different point of view than yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have.
1: For sure, Probably for not. sure. Um, it was I didn't I wasn't saying that because of the VA loan. I just genuinely didn't know <laughs> what I was doing with my life. anyways, okay, thank you for explaining that. So we talked about how you met and how you were inspired with uh, your mentor to get into investing. You knew you weren't going to be career military people. So tell me about that first deal.
2: So the first deal was in February of twenty twenty It was right when I was transitioning out of the military, I had less than a year left and I knew I wanted to get into real estate. And so to take advantage while I had the W-2 income, I started looking for houses and specifically a house that I could house hack in. So if anybody that doesn't know, we live in, in one of the units and rent out the rest or live in the house and rent out the bedrooms. Well, the numbers just didn't make sense in Clarksville with quadplexes at the time, I would, if I moved out, I would have been cash flowing and I just, I couldn't afford to not cash flow, you know, getting ready to transition out of the military and just trying to save as much as possible. So a single family home made the most sense, uh, four bedroom, two bath. So I would be renting out three of the rooms and that would be covering the mortgage on that property and then some. So I started looking in January and February we, or I closed on the property that was three bedroom, two and a half bath. And we, I finished the the basement out and converted that into a room and added a bathroom as well. So three, three roommates. And then I was living in the master.
1: Can I ask you, cause I always hear that like in California, we don't really have basements. And, um, I hear about, people building out the basements. Whenever I tour a home out of of state or talk to contractors, they always act like that's really hard to do, like nearly impossible. How hard was that for you? Or was it pretty much finished? Like, tell me a little bit more about that just for my own knowledge.
2: (laughs) It wasn't finished. And the difficulty comes in with with codes and and regulations. So technically right now, I can't consider it a bedroom um, because the window is not big enough to be considered uh, a bedroom. It has a small window and I think it's a four by five or something like that. And I think it has to at least be a five by five window, Mm -hmm. although it does have multiple exits, which is a main concern in case of a fire. But I would say that the biggest difficulty is finding a basement that has ceilings that are tall enough after you finish it to house somebody. Um, The ceilings in this particular house were, were nine foot. and after we added in some plumbing and um, false ceiling. It came up to around eight feet. So, you know, plenty of room down there. And it, had its own, it has its own separate entrance. So that tenant can just go to the back door and not bother any of the
0: tenants upstairs. Yeah. And one of the other concerns as it was getting done was the bathroom. So sometimes you will have issues, issues with uh, plumbing. Uh, you know, if the, depending on how the plumbing set up, it is tough to get certain toilets and certain setups to run water upstairs. So that's just something you'd have to talk with your GC on. They have different setups for it and some work better than others. It depends on your budget more than anything.
1: Okay. It sounds like I'm just looking at basements that aren't like tall enough or deep enough. I don't know how you measure that. Yeah.
0: And a lot of the houses that we looked at are like pre 1980s, 90s, they're only like six or seven foot before they're Mm -hmm. finished. So you'll see like on the MLS or from a wholesaler, like unfinished basement. And then you have to crouch to walk around down there if you're over six foot. So it's it depends on when the house was built in the area too.
1: Okay. Good to know. Thanks for (laughs) entertaining me with that one. So uh, what did you learn from that first deal?
2: From that first deal? I was way too worried about if everything was going to work out and i had a spreadsheet that i, I think i still have it but everything was down to like the cent of what it would cost to do everything and this house my my thought process behind this particular house was okay i'm adding square footage to the house uh, even though it may not be considered a bedroom it will add to this overall square footage of the house even though it's not valued the same uh, above ground as it is uh, below. But I was really just ready to get started, and it made sense to have this property even with two roommates while I finished out that last or finished out the basement.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and really, just the quotes I was getting from from a lot of GCs to just do it all themselves was out of my budget at the time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so I ended up doing a lot of the work and also hiring handyman and then uh, the professionals for.
1: The things that I
2: needed, like the plumbing, the framing, things like that.
1: That's awesome. So you kind of took it into your own hands a little bit after getting really high quotes.
2: Right. And it's just, I I would say the main lesson is is to not overanalyze. Because, you know, before that, I was coming from reading all the books and listening to the podcast and just getting ready to the first deal. And in reality, all, all this that I had... In my mind was was not that difficult. I mean, I thought that closing was going to be this extravagant thing when it really took twenty minutes and a bunch yep. of signatures, you know. Um, I also got a, a check back at closing, which I didn't even know was possible, so <laughs>
1: you sound pretty analytical. Alex, are you as analytical? Or are you kind of like huh. Yang to his yang?
0: I'll, I'll ask you that deal. His analytics went out not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> not anymore. It's exactly. just threw caution to the wind.
0: So, yeah. so I would say I'm I'm a little bit more analytical than he is. So we went into the partnership because we trusted each other and because we had the same goals and visions. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I would say that's probably not the best reason to go into a partnership. Just because you, yeah, yeah, just because <laughs> you trust someone and just because you guys you know, both have this awesome vision of what you want to do in real estate you'll see most of those partnerships end up not working out. We kind of lucked out. We do have a lot of uh, complementary skill sets that go along with that. And so now that we've been able to really start this business, go full-time into it, we're like, man, we got lucky because we're good at opposite things. So I handle a lot more of the underwriting. I'm a bit more, uh, analytical i guess you could say with the underwriting and looking for holes in deals and at this point he's like man let's just buy it like let's just go let's just go and i'm like yeah. i don't know like maybe like let's look at it this way and that way and he's like let's just buy more deals so it's it's a good yin and yang
1: okay so now since then he's become you know a little
0: yeah he, he's just, less than
1: a little bit
2: more i guess all <laughs> the deals that we see every day if it was up to me, I would just try to buy all of them and <laughs> worry about the financing and worry about the debt and worry about, you know, the actual that's food.
1: me, that's me 100%, because I feel like if you add enough time, it's all going to work out anyway.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> we, I think our joke is like, if it was just up to him, we, we'd have more deals, but be absolutely broke right now. But like, if it was up to me, we'd probably have less deals and not be as far. So it's good, like, yeah. we've gotten this far because of him. And then we like, like, it also, they were good deals because, hey, we both have our hands in them a little
3: bit.
1: So tell me a little bit about that. You kind of touched on it. What does your portfolio look like today?
0: Yeah. So we are doing, we kind of started specializing in weird type of rentals in uh, middle Tennessee. So Nashville and Clarksville are two of the markets that we buy in. So like Fernando mentioned, a lot of things do not work out as normal rentals in this market. So the price to rent ratio, you would be uh, negative cash flow each month. If you just bought it, say a single family home, three bed, two bath, the typical one, and then just rent it out, you'd be negative cash flow, two, three, 400 bucks. So we looked at that. We looked at what we were doing house hacking and we were like, hey, like we know there's a market out there for people who want to just rent a room. We mm-hmm. were those people. When we were in the military, we did not have the best barrack situation. You know, I spent half a summer without AC. There was A lot of gross stuff, like not clean all the time, black mold everywhere. A lot of not cool stuff going on that we're like, man, if we had a good spot to stay in that was cheap, we'd do it. But we were also making less than 30K a year at that point in our lives. So we couldn't spend a thousand bucks a month for a one bedroom. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so we kind of looked at that in Clarksville, which is right next to uh, Fort Campbell, the army base. And we're like, Hey, let's just try doing this with these houses. Uh, As uh, less than normal rentals rent out by the room rentals. so we ended up furnishing the common areas. We provide a a house cleaner that goes in and cleans those common areas for them, we provide Wi Fi and lawn care all provided with their base rent. And then these people will move into a room they'll rent out a room from us for in that area it's anywhere from 550 all the way up to 750 per room. And they have everything they need. They don't have to worry about anything. They have a good place to live, a clean house with some good roommates, and we're able to cash flow on properties.
1: That's and, amazing.
0: Oh yeah. And with, with that, so we started doing the same thing in Nashville as well. We just noticed uh there's a, a need for it here when we started, when we bought this house we saw how many people reached out to us about the room and we're like, Hey, we can just start buying houses here in Nashville as well. We started buying houses here in Nashville. Now we do the same exact thing here. It's kind of more uh, grad students, college students, blue collar workers, uh, a lot of people in the music industry as well. And a lot of people that just want to save some money, live close to downtown, but don't want to pay, you know, 1500 to 2000 bucks per month in a studio or one bedroom downtown.
1: Yeah, that's great. You found you know a little loophole there to make it work. That's the great thing about real estate is there are so many options that when people, when the sky is falling, you know rates are going up or markets don't cash flow or this or that, like there's always a way and there's if there's a need, right? So I have multiple questions that came to <laughs> mind here. <laughs> um, how many homes do you own now?
2: So we have seven properties. Amazing. And we started, uh, I guess, in February was when I first started buying and the actual company was born in around June. So we've been investing for a little over a year and some change now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're now going full time into this.
1: So those are all single family homes that you rent by the room?
2: Yes. Most we rent out by the room. Uh, some, or we actually just partnered up with a, a halfway house, uh, a company that helps men transitioning out of prison And so we rent the house out to them and they turn around and rent it to their tenant base.
1: Okay. So they kind of sublease it from you.
2: Essentially, they they just run their company out out of that house. So they have a whole schedule that they go through with these guys and help them, you know, find work and get up on their feet. Uh, They just need a temporary housing while they transition back into the real world.
1: Okay. That's pretty cool. And it's still cash flows, so you're doing yeah. good and making money from it. That's amazing.
2: Right. The main thing with, with that one is, although Rent by the Room does definitely work and it is our main strategy, uh, doing something like this is a little bit more passive for us and just allows us to scale a little bit faster. Because, I mean, we see it as a win-win. We're helping them and finding a house that suits their needs and they take care of the whole property so with this particular house
0: we're not providing any of the furnishing taking care of utilities lawn care they do all okay that's cool and these guys are willing to pay companies like this are willing to pay a little bit higher than market rate because a lot of landlords are afraid to you know do a lease Mm -hmm. with them they're afraid that something's going to happen to their house Exactly. They think it's more of a liability to us. We see it and we're like, this is a win-win-win because they, they get a place that they can grow their business with. We get another cash flowing asset and we have to do less work with this house because whether they have one person in it or seven people in it, they're still paying us the same amount of rent. And so we don't have to worry about putting people in there. A lot of these people are, we've been doing a lot more outreach to companies like this, and some of them are willing to sign longer than one year leases. Some of them are government backed programs as well. So it's almost a guaranteed paycheck coming in compared to other rentals.
1: That is amazing. And I love that. What are some challenges that you're currently facing with what you're doing with renting by the room, with growing you know, exponentially in this year plus?
0: So with interest rates rising and with, so in the last year, houses appreciated just past where we like to buy them. We could still make the numbers work and then houses kind of started to settle. So we might see it coming down a little bit, which would help us. But as the interest rates rose, our numbers shifted a lot. So it was tough. It's tough for us. Even though we do cash flow so much more with these compared to normal rentals, it's tough for us to hit our normal uh, metrics that we like to hit. So we normally get around 20, if not higher percent ROI on these houses for what we're putting into it. And we're not really able to hit that anymore. It's, it's kind of tough for us to make these houses work where they used to. And we just like to see a good buffer zone because you, you do have a higher risk of vacancy with these houses. Although we're signing 12-month leases with our tenants, it's just something that we always keep in mind that, hey, these things are going to take a little bit longer to lease up because it's four units instead of one. Of course, the house might have a little bit more wear and tear, but we haven't had too much issues with that, knock on wood, so far. But it's mostly interest rates finding deals now that make it work for us. So we've been doing a lot more focus on off-market deal flow, as well as uh, value-add projects going forward.
1: That sounds like a really good shift to make. Uh, one question that came to mind is: Are you uh, self managing these properties? Yes,
2: yes, we're we're managing it mm-hmm. as a right Okay. Now.
1: What kind of issues come up with tenants? Do you ever have? Because this, you know, I've talked to this strategy, talked to a lot of people about this strategy, and the number one thing that people say is like, "Oh, it must be a headache dealing with that many tenants, that many leases. What if they don't get along?" right? Do you find that that's an issue?
2: So all this comes down to, to vetting the tenant properly before they get into the house. And you would think that, you would think that, you know, tenants are arguing all the time over yeah. the left what in the bathroom or, like, you know, some silly problem like that. But our clientele is this young professional. So whether they're in Clarksville and they're military or they're here in Nashville, and they're just young professionals a lot of them are are blue collar, and they're just work for so they're they're out mm-hmm. of the house the majority of the day anyways uh, when they are in the house it really it, it comes down to us spending them before they come in so we do background and credit check on everybody and there's a interview process so we show them the property and just make sure that what they like to do this is the time that we take to to get to know them a little bit so we, mm-hmm. we understand what they like to do maybe on their off time. You know, if they're musicians, are they are going to be playing their music late night?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so some of these things we mitigate through uh, one labeling the cabinets in the houses. So every room has their own uh, space and, and nobody's fighting about who has what. Uh, if there are four or more tenants in a room, you know, we might have to put another refrigerator in the house and, and that'll take care of. Of that issue, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, we just tell them to keep the furnished areas clean and the shared bathrooms clean, just to clean up after themselves. And even though we do send in cleaners once a month, it's not to say that you know they can just trash the house because they know cleaners are coming in. Now we'd still tell them to to clean up after themselves. But as far as you know, drama between roommates that hasn't really happened, just because everybody just is looking for one a cheaper place to stay and just just works all day. So.
1: Right. Who has time to fight?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these guys or girls just end up becoming friends after they've been in the house for six months, you know, they'll have like barbecues outside of the house and just bring friends over, you know, we can't really limit or control that. We're not there all the time. So, you know, as long as
0: nobody's complaining, then, then. You know,
2: more power to them.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. You it's know, it's really about setting expectations from the start, letting them know exactly the type of person we're looking for. Uh, we don't want the headache of dealing with somebody if they're not a good fit. There, we don't want that on our other tenants as well. It's going to make it less likely for them to renew their lease if we put somebody in there that's not a good fit. It's gonna, you know, I'm I'm sure everybody's had that college roommate that maybe roommate after college that was a dirty bird or something like that. It just, it drives you crazy. So uh, that's our biggest focus is just vetting them from the start, setting those expectations. And like you mentioned, getting rid of those friction points in the houses, you know, we we don't really check to see if they're using the covers that they're supposed to be using, but it's, it's there for them so that they can use it. So that, that gets rid of that question. Hey, whose stuff is supposed to go to where if they're using each other's cupboards, as long as they're fine with it, we don't care. These are grown adults and we just expect them to act accordingly when it comes to that stuff. And we let them know, Hey, you know, we're not your counselor. Like we should not know about drama going on in the house unless it's breaking the lease. And if it's breaking the law, then you call the police. And you know, like I said, these yeah. these are grown adults. So there's not too much of an issue with that.
1: That's good. It sounds like you have enough systems in place. Right to to prevent anything like that from happening. I love the the cabinets and the idea of having everyone's separate stuff and having the cleaners come in. That really just alleviates some of those friction points, like you said. So, is that something that you learned from your mentor or just from doing?
2: I would say mainly from doing. I mean, mm-hmm. we lived in the first uh, quote unquote investment net, uh, and at the time, that those were just the points that we saw. We needed to mitigate. So, I mean, when you have three people sharing one bathroom, you know, somebody's going to complain about who cleaned up after themselves or not, or yeah, left everything in the sink, and so these are just things that we ex- tell them and what we expect from the beginning, and you mm-hmm. know, after they're in, it's up to them to comply.
1: Very cool. Very cool. I love that. I kind of want to touch on, and we we didn't really prepare for this, but are there any challenges of partnering with your best friend? I want to know. I couldn't partner with my best friend. <laughs> I am too much of a control-oriented person. My best friend, also investor, real estate agent. She is her brain works differently than mine, and I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we can never partner up. Um, but I love her. So what challenges, you know, do you face as you know? Not starting a fight here, but there has to be <laughs> something that you guys return routinely uh, argue about or disagree on. What is it? You,
0: you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah where, where do I start? Um, uh, <laughs>
1: so uh, glad you asked. Yeah, where's
0: my list? <laughs> so we, we uh, going back to setting expectations, I mean, we've gone down the list multiple times of jobs, who does what, um, who, and we, we talk about constantly, like, what I'm good at versus what, what he's good at, what he likes doing, what I, I like doing. So I think we do run into some some friction points here or there, but it's it's almost always when we hit points like that. We're just talking about it and communicating and being like, hey, I hate doing this, you hate doing this. At some point, we're definitely gonna hire this out. Property management, we both hate it. We we hate it. Like, we're like, man, like this sucks. Like we have to answer our phone constantly. Like we forget to do like, like we always, that's a tough one for us right now. And it's mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say it's because we're butting heads. It's just something that, Hey, we're excited to pass on one day, which is a cool thing about, you know, entrepreneurship is you can grow to pass on all the things that you don't like doing, or you're not good at. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, I feel lucky to have him as a partner because of the things that he's so great at. So if any, Uh if, (laughs) if anything, it's, I would encourage people to just, if you are looking at a partnership, just make sure you go over everything that you expect from it and make sure you go over your, your strengths and your weaknesses and you're extremely honest with each other about that I think we the three are time money skills if you have the same three why would you be partners for us like this we kind of dug into those deeper of, of those skills of the time of the money and it's like why be partners with somebody who's good at the same things as you at some point, you can just you know you won't need them or you won't need each right. other. So this just a constant communication with ourselves. As far as a list of things, I don't. I'll let you take the list <laughs> if you got anything. I would say, well,
2: one that has to be uh, enough trust, you know, with each other. Like in the very beginning, yeah. I'm not telling everybody to do this, but we were like, hey, we're all in. We like joined, not joined bank accounts, but in our in our business account, we contributed. On the same of
0: what we oh, shoot both shoot ahead. into this. It, you have, we we already had that trust from our time in the army. Like right. He had right. my information and I never, I never thought about it twice. I would like, he would ask yeah. me for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure in the military, like there's a lot of trust. You're literally potentially going into combat zones and trusting each other with your lives. Um, I would imagine that that would exactly. Exactly. build that trust pretty fast.
2: And I would yes. say, I mean, that's where it, where it's definitely stand And it's definitely uh, grown since then. And in the beginning, at least right now, you know, we both have to wear a lot of hats in the mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. but even be- in, in those hats, there's definitely things that he's good at, definitely things that I'm uh, good at and, you know, we don't try to mix those, so even though we did start kind of doing it all uh, now it's the partnership is more more aligned with what our interest in and what we're good at so yeah right now he's he's handling most of acquisitions, we still decide on whether we want to offer on a property or not, so you know he's skimming through it, and then when, once one hits the table and that we're, we're ready to go on, you know we both decide on it. Um, I'm more handling asset management and just the product, so uh, a lot of handling the tenants, contractors, um, vendors, things like Mm -hmm. that, and actually, you know, systematizing the 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 business plan. And I think that's where where I come in. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And eventually, you know, there'll be roles that we hire out and just things we don't like to do. But right now, it's just both staying in our own lane, so we're not. Really butting heads ever. I don't
3: know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And we, we made a, a, an Excel sheet at one point with every single thing we do in the business. And I color coded it. So it's like both is this color, blue is this color, red's, red's him, blue's me. And it was too early on that it was like every single thing we both had to do because we were both working full time jobs. So, like, it wasn't, it wasn't real. Like, we were just doing things out of necessity to grow, right? It's very, very different when you're working a full time job, you're just doing things to grow. Sometimes you can't be that specific with, hey, what am I good at versus what you're good at? Sometimes I had to do things I felt like I was bad at, but it's just Part of the grind of growing, I still do, yeah. and I know he still does too. Don't let him cut the grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: That's right. Not like our, our but yeah, yeah. No, our, we we have this famous uh, mower that we were using for far too long on our house. That uh, it was held together by 550 cord, which is just which is just pretty much uh, exactly what you think. It's just a string. So we had a mower that we would refuse to get rid of. Uh, we still have it. Yeah, we still we. Ain't oh have,
1: my you know, gosh.
0: We hired. We hired that out. Now, but, uh, yeah, wow. so it, it really funny. was just hey. Sometimes you have to do what you don't like to, as long as you constantly communicate about what you are and are not good at. I, that's helped us a lot moving moving forward, and as we've grown.
1: So I hear a lot of communication out of both of you, yeah. which is great. Um, not sitting on. Issues is how I interpret communication um, and self awareness, right? Is like you said, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're bad at. How have you developed? such keen self-awareness at such an early age because you two are both rather young and you got into business together at what, how old were you? 20, 19, 20? Or was that 20, when you were in the military?
0: 20? I think we were at 20.
1: 20? So normally 20-year-olds do not have that kind of self-awareness of knowing what they're good at, knowing what they're bad at, or just knowing who they are and what they like. Is there anything specific that got you there? To have this self-awareness.
2: I think it's definitely just thinking in terms of scale and, and, and in a bigger picture, right? Because even though we're starting this company now, we're we're trying to implement all of the systems
3: now so that it can run itself at some point and we can just, you know, hire out pretty much
2: everything, right? You know, at mm-hmm. some point we don't want to be hands-on. In this business and this is why we started in the first place right and everybody's chasing that that dream mm-hmm. but if i think just having a bigger picture and, and starting now kind of going from there and, and then backtracking to how we're going to get there and mm-hmm. then and then and that's where the goals come in and then or it's our our roles within that right so just thinking bigger working backwards from there, putting systems in,
0: in place to get there, and then just keep doing the everyday yeah. tasks. And we live in a great day and age where all the knowledge to grow, to do whatever you want to do. For us, it's build a real estate business. All the knowledge is out there. So those guys that are doing $100 million deals that own $100 million of real estate, they're putting all this content out there for people like me and Fernando for people like you, for anybody that wants to start doing anything to learn from. So you don't have to make the same mistakes, the same growing pains as people once did. You can just go online. You know we're constantly learning if it's not a football or baseball game on, then we have a YouTube video on about you know one of these, whether it be Alex Hermosi, whether it be the bigger pockets guys, whether it be you know the countless other people in real estate or business that we're trying to learn from those people so that we don't have to make those those mistakes early on. And you know, we're pretty much just doing what everybody's telling us to do that's already done it.
1: So there's a lot of knowledge out there, but I mean like, how did you gain this knowledge about yourself? Do you just naturally know what you're good at?
2: I think it just by doing. Really, we regain that. You're like out. this
1: feels good. This doesn't feel good. Clearly, I don't know how to cut grass.
0: <laughs> <No>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making yeah. a
1: mental list. You know, do the task and then rate yourself. Do the well,
0: task. Oh, uh, you yourself. know, we we are we're very honest with each other. You know, coming from the background that we did, you didn't have to ever sugarcoat anything. Um, oh, good. So that's you can that's say, unclean.
1: Fernando, you suck at this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've said that to each other multiple <laughs> times. So, so yeah. about different things. So I think that's one of the things that, you know, we don't have, we don't feel like we need to sugarcoat things with each other. So I think that helps out, out a lot. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Just I mean, give you a, a real
2: example. So uh, um, part of the yeah. business <laughs> that, that he works with uh, the most is talking to wholesalers. Uh, a lot of wholesalers are, are good at their job. Some are not. Um, I would just much rather not be on the phone with them all day looking for deals. He is a talker and can be on these calls all day long. I can do it. I would just much rather him do it. He has the patience for it and, and can do it, right? I'm more direct to the point, you know, hey, did this get done? Yes or no? Let's move forward with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so just like exactly. a small example, but, you know, noticing that early
0: on, yeah. In, in these stages, you know, we're just. Yeah. And even one that I have is say he like if I had to hop on a computer and just stare at a screen and get locked up going through our, the account and things that we still do ourselves or certain uh, certain things that we still do ourselves that are very concentrated work, that's not stuff that I'm always the best at. So granted, sometimes I do have to still do that type of things, but I'm also, I'm also like, thank God he's here to handle most of this stuff for us as we're going through.
1: I love that. I love that. So it sounds like a pretty good match. I would love to hear now. A little brag on yourselves it's not easy to toot our own horn sometimes and so tell me each of you or combined what's something you are especially proud of yourself for
3: in
2: real estate
1: (laughs) anything anything
2: oh in anything i wasn't
1: anything i (laughs) I
2: wasn't prepared for anything
1: (laughs) and it could be real estate it could be anything really if you could do like a one-handed push-up or you know, a good uh, golf game that could i don't know
2: i I'll, I'll say i had i had knee surgery at 21 and acl mcl tear and uh, just got a brand new one picked it off the shelf a <laughs> brand new knee so after that, i want to say nine months after that i i hit up a front squat PR. And that was like a huge deal to me, which why couldn't I do that with my old knee? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> this new knee I got is, is amazing. <laughs> so, new
1: robot knees. So good job on that. You recovered uh, plus. Yeah. plus some. That's amazing. I would be proud of myself too. <laughs> Alex?
0: Is- I think, and I think he's being modest. He hit, he hit three fifteen front squat for like five or so, or three something one day after having a torn ACL like seven months prior, which was ridiculous. And then oh, I think highly. he benched three fifteen that same week. So this dude, this dude's. This dude's super strong uh i'm <laughs> always very jealous which is why we don't work out together most of the yeah. time because i just get insecure <laughs> when i'm lifting with them but uh, i also my, had surgery so probably yeah. why I... <laughs> yeah there you go whatever they give, gave you after that surgery worked out for you but i'm gonna stick to real estate with mine i'm gonna go with the first deal that we used with uh the first time we used somebody else's money for a deal uh we were very nervous going into that one and said something you hear about, a lot about, hey, use an investor's money, use somebody else's money, whether it be burn or long-term rentals. We did it with a long-term rental. We uh, built a relationship with somebody that was also in the real estate world, showed them the return that we were getting, asked them if they wanted to partner up with us. Uh, and we were getting, you know, just because of this weird method that we were doing, everybody was like rent out by the room, looking at us crazy. And then when we got a chance to sit down with them, show it. The numbers that we were going to be able to produce, we were able to get a deal done with him and uh, we were able to give him e- even higher returns than he expected. So for us, that was that was a good bit ago now, but it was a pretty big moment for us because we've realized, hey, we really can scale this thing, helping other people out, grow their wealth as we grow our own at the same time. Coming from the army, we were enlisted. So like I mentioned earlier, we were making less than 30K a year. We nickel and dined our way through it when we realized, hey, we want to get into this real estate thing. But our own money was only going to take us so far uh, with that. And so we were able to do a few deals ourselves. And then we're like, hey, I don't know how fast we'll be able to continue to scale. We know we want to grow quickly. We'd like to think that we know what we're talking about with this stuff. What's the next step for for us? And that next step was bringing on investors. So we got that deal done. We've been able to do some, like a few more deals with investors. And, and that's something that we love doing. You know, we think there's enough money out there for everybody in real estate. So why not partner up and we can all help each other out? It's a much better answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like them both. They both talk about overcoming a challenge, right? So with your knee, it was a huge step back, right? Having to get knee surgery, torn out ACL, that could you know, ruin careers. It can, you know, mindset wise, that's a huge hurdle to overcome and you did and you push past it. And the same, you know, it's very scary taking on private money, right? You have a relationship with this person. You don't want to let them down. Can you do it, right? Can you deliver on your word and you also surpass expectations. So you both really overcame these challenges in the same fashion. So I think they're both great answers. Thank
0: you. What about you, Alana? Do you have one that uh
1: you oh no uh, recently? <laughs> oh, um wow uh I didn't expect to answer you that. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <That's bad>. Surprise <laughs> questions.
1: I know I'm really having to go through this. You know Semi real estate, semi not um, 2020 was a really hard year to get through. And the fact that I'm like still alive is like huge because that year in January, we closed on our first out of state investment. And I spent all of our savings on that because I was so committed to doing it. And, you know, at that time when I got into contract, it was probably November, December, like COVID-19 wasn't really a thing, and nor do I watch the news. So I it's like it wasn't like even on our radar, right? And California was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I live under a rock in the mountains clearly. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I'd heard a rumor about it, but you know. Um, that Christmas before that, my grandpa went into the hospital. Then we closed on our house and signed a lease for my husband's new business that he was starting that January two weeks. So all of the money went to that, to, to the investment. We signed a lease for my husband's business. Two weeks after that, I had our first baby and I was trying to manage a flip nurse, this child around the clock. And help my husband with his business because I'm not very paperworky, but he's even less paperwork. Oh, no. So there are so many permits involved uh, with having a motorcycle shop as well as selling propane. And, and we had a U-Haul dealership that was attached with it. So it was all like so much new at the same time. I ended up losing both my grandparents that year. And a fire came through our entire neighborhood and we were evacuated for two months. <laughs> and so what? our house did not burn down, but all of my neighbors did. Wow. And just getting through that year, I don't even know how, like, I feel like I just had like blinders on the entire time, like just putting like one step in front of the other. So like, when I think about like challenges I've overcome, I, I literally don't even know like who that person was. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah, just that's, like that's, kept going. That's amazing. I don't know. How are you here? Right
1: now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was like, it was like, and I'm sure every like a lot of people have like, you know, their 2020 horror story of uh, what could go wrong, did go wrong. And um, you know, I'm grateful to be here in my home. My daughter's healthy. That investment property is now paying off. Um, you know, but it was a, it was a stressful year, uh, to say the least. So like getting through that, um, it has to be one of the biggest things I've overcome. I have this like personality if I take on a lot at a time and then I get over <laughs> I, like take a year to chill. And then the next year I take, you know, pile it on. It's like this, back and forth momentum. So it, I'm not like hugely surprised that I piled so much on like, yeah, I'm having a baby. We'll start a new business. I'll spend all my money. You know, oh, all yeah. these natural disasters will happen. No, not a really. big deal. So anyways, that's the thing that comes to my mind. Kind yeah, of so over. next
2: time we complain about not having enough time, we'll just yeah, yeah, remember yeah, your story. Right. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yes. My husband would come home and say, Alana, have you been outside? when was the last time you showered
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd be in the same spot? Like, I just need to order more materials. And then da, da, da. like, it was like, just, I don't want to say a nightmare. It was just like, so overwhelming. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I so I, I want to channel that in my day to day. Like you said, like when I feel overwhelmed or stressed, like this is nothing. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, definitely. Um we'll okay. definitely keep uh, that in mind. We'll put it up on one of our whiteboards yeah, just, to, just for inspiration. <laughs> so we have like about 10 of them in this office. So
1: yeah, yeah. So we can move on to that because I know you <laughs> want to talk about your whiteboards.
0: No, no <laughs> Yeah, we'll be talking about that for a while. I don't know if we have the time.
1: Um <laughs> well, <see> well
0: <laughs> you
1: brought it up. You're obsessed. Are you both obsessed with whiteboards?
0: Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think we're sitting at at six in five in here and then probably eight in the house we just so. have to get our ideas on whiteboard otherwise they're not true yeah yeah that's right. they'll disappear they'll disappear every whiteboard we buy we feel like we're a little bit closer to the goal
1: <laughs> there is something so magical about whiteboards absolutely i feel like they inspire like so much creativity right
0: yeah exactly it's a blank canvas. Yeah. yeah. The, the next yeah. time we're on, there'll be like two more under this one and another yeah. one above <laughs> that one. I just that?
1: all my behind you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. So the next question I have for you, shifting a little bit, and normally I ask, like, what's some advice for your 18-year-old self? You guys were pretty much like studying and in it to win it at 18. So I don't know. <laughs> what would you tell your 10-year-old self? 10-year-old from- You could say 18 year old self, but like I said, you were already there, right? I mean,
0: yeah, I would say the sooner you can start learning, the better. I wish I would have started when I was 18. (laughs) Yeah. Like we were, I mean, we we knew at 19, we knew what we wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. we started reading and doing everything we could to learn about it, but we could have just done it. So I think taking action a little sooner, the sooner you start learning, the sooner you can start taking action. Uh, so take action sooner. And that comes from, from learning and from knowledge and learning those skills that it takes to do it, not having the, you know, analysis paralysis that everybody talks about and just hopping into it. Cause looking back, we definitely could have done it sooner. Uh, hindsight's always 2020, 20, but Hey, if you're that person who's, you know, a young entrepreneur, young investor, Younger than what people say you should be doing whatever you want to do, like Mm -hmm. whatever that age is, just start doing it. And as long as you have the knowledge to do it, people will take you seriously. Um, Once they start seeing you doing some deals, they'll take you seriously and they'll realize that you're for real. So just start taking action.
2: Right. And I would say even just starting out, there were some obstacles that I made out to be bigger than they actually were. For example. the bank wanted to see that I, w- I was going to have a steady income, whether I left the army or not. And all that that took, so that, that could have, I could have not done the deal right there and then, right? right. The officer was like, hey, we, don't, like, we need something to prove this. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting out or not. Like, I might stay in, I might extend the year, et cetera, et cetera. And at the time, I had like nine months left in the army and I, I didn't know if I was going to, to re-enlist. And all it took was a letter from my commander at the time saying that, hey, I'm able to reenlist. Sign, commander, I don't remember his name now. Um, I presented that to my loan officer and he was like, all right, good to go. I was like, what? And that was probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month of me just battling like, now I can't do this deal. And, And then just... Took way longer than it should have, just because of that. And it's, there's always something you can do to get around. And I'm not saying you know, break any laws or regulations. Yeah, but
1: mortgage fraud. We're right, not right mortgage fraud. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I mean, the commander didn't even. I wrote the letter, signed it his name, and just took it to his office. And he's like, "Cool." <laughs> signed it, and I was on my way.
1: That is so awesome that you were able to go around that. Out- and at such a, you know, and I, I say again, I emphasize at such a young age because, you know, at my first attempt, I was 24. And the first no that I got, I was like, well, guess I'll have to wait. Right. I didn't right. have yeah. this like everything is figure outable mindset. I didn't have any mentors or, you know, bigger pockets, or any kind of podcasts or, or really education. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I'm like, here we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, and, gonna then
1: um, and obstacles
2: and- are going to come, right? Like any stage of, of your business. And I'm sure, you know, now when we get to 20 houses, there's going to be something that's limiting us from reaching 40, and et cetera, and et cetera.
1: Right. Like something else. First, to right.
3: Yeah. The
2: first year was our debt to income was way too. Way too high. But we were just looking at at mortgage lenders. Incomes of DSCR loan doesn't care about that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So there's always something that.
1: Oh, I'm going to dive into that. So you've gotten a DSCR loan, a debt service coverage ratio loan.
2: Yes. Is
1: that for a purchase or a refi?
2: That was for one of the one of the rentals.
1: Okay. For a purchase
2: yes for the purchase yeah. so can
1: you explain how that differs from a residential for our listeners
2: yes so if if we are just looking to buy a a home and just put it under a name and just go to a traditional a lender who would usually uh, turn around and sell their loan to fanny or for freddy mm-hmm. um, they would have to comply under under their their laws regulations and usually one of, one of the items that they look at is uh, that two-income ratio, right? Mm-hmm. And the banks look at that or base that off of your your two years of tax returns, right? Well, at the time I was making thirty thousand, less than thirty thousand in the army, and we couldn't use the rental income to offset the expenses from a new purchase, right? So. Based off of that, I, I, we wouldn't qualify for that type
0: of loan. Yeah, a, a lot of these lenders are very specific. They want to see your rental income on your tax returns for two years. Some are more specific, less specific. But that was the one that was holding us um, was our rental. Even though our debt to income, including the rental income, it, it was good. But without them counting that rental income, it just looked like we had, you know, a million and a half in debt or what, whatever we were at at that point. Right. So there are
2: lenders out there that offer what's called the SCR loan or you could even go a commercial loan on a residential property. But this one in specific, now each one might have their own requirements, but um, the debt service coverage ratio just had to be a, a one. So literally the the market rent had to cover the the principal interest taxes insurance by $1 to qualify for that loan. Then they look at Our business plan then they look at um, our credit score and the rest of our portfolio but you know what we're making off of a a w2 at the time wasn't really a consideration to them because they knew we were using this as an investment property and as long as we can cover their note then they were okay with it now granted you know it did come with a little bit higher interest we did have to pay a couple more points but it secured the loan we got the, the property and you know we're holding on It's still cash flowing. So, yeah.
1: Can I ask a question? Of uh, I know it's specific, probably to lender to lender. Uh, what did they require down for the DSCR loan?
2: This one was twenty percent.
1: Okay, not bad. Because most commercial that I have found is at least twenty five to thirty percent.
2: Yeah, and most are, but there there's still some that will do twenty uh, percent. Uh, we we've even found a commercial lender, not particular DSCR loan, but a commercial lender that would give us a loan on a residential property at 85% value.
0: So we only have fifteen percent And that was just last month that we got that. So people who are saying, Oh, the market's changing, like lenders aren't giving what they used to just ask more people Mm -hmm. because they are out there. We we've seen DSCR loans still in this high sixes too. So that's, that's still very competitive with what's going on. And yeah. don't let the interest rate scare you. Uh, a good or bad deal is not about the interest rate. It's not about the market. It's about the deal. It's about the numbers. Do the numbers work? So even if it is a higher interest rate, even if it is a seven percent, eight percent interest rate, but you can cash flow
3: mm-hmm. with that
0: asset and it's a good property, you should still go buy it if it fits your if it fits your plan and your goals. I think a lot of people get hung up on the market. A lot of people get hung up on interest rates and a few other factors that it really does not, they don't matter. It's more about the deal than it is those factors.
1: I love that. Yeah, focus on what matters. The rest is just noise. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, We haven't talked about DSCR loans on the show yet. And that's something I'm personally going to be exploring in Q1 for next year. I bought a fourplex that didn't, qualify for conventional lending. So I I got a HELOC on my house here in California to buy that, but I would like to put a loan on it and get that money back and right. reuse it. So I'll be looking into both, you know, I've remodeled the house enough that it might be able to qualify for a conventional loan. Or I'll have to go the DSCR route, which may be a higher interest rate. But again, like you said, if the numbers work, which they do, uh, it should be just fine. So I appreciate you sharing that, again, yeah, for my own uh, knowledge there. That's really exciting.
2: Yeah, for so, that as well. I mean, if, you, if this is just an option and something like yeah. that too, if you didn't want to put uh, a loan on it, there are banks that... We'll give you just a line of credit, a HELOC essentially on an investment property. And mm-hmm. they as long as it, you know, you, you might want to look into this. I don't know how, how the numbers specifically work with that deal, but if you could take out a line of credit on it and pay back your original HELOC, you know, I don't, I don't know if that was something you might want to do depending on how the numbers
3: look.
1: Yeah, I could look into it. I mean, I got this HELOC, I started the process like in January. So by the time I closed on it, it was like closer to April.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So the interest rate wasn't great, but it's probably, I don't know, it's variable. So who knows if it's better than what it would be if I got a HELOC on that one or not. But anyways, okay, I I wrote it down. Thanks for the tip. And I might hit you up for those lenders after that. (laughs) So tell me about... Uh, who has been or any scenarios, situations in your life that's been the the biggest inspiration to you in life and your real estate journey?
3: Biggest inspiration. I mean we we both had the
2: same mentor as far as the real estate goes. And mm-hmm. I would say he's definitely someone we can we can call and he's not here, you know, to hold our hands through the process. He set the yeah. groundwork, told us what we could do, what was possible. Uh, we started doing it and now you know he's he's part of a bigger equity private equity group here in Nashville and so if like we ever we have any questions you know I would say he's the guy we we definitely call to kind of confirm what we're thinking uh, to me at least I would say he's mm-hmm. still biggest
0: mentor
1: yeah. that's great yeah
0: I mean just anybody else that's going out there and doing bigger things than, than us. At least that gets me fired up. I love seeing people that are doing more than us because I look at that and both of us talk about it all the time. It's like, Hey, what can we do? What are they doing that we're not doing? You know, it's not about luck. It's not about like, Oh, he had this or he had that. And that's why he's further ahead. Whatever somebody else is doing, there's no reason we can't be doing the same thing. So when we see people doing bigger stuff than that, us, uh, we love talking to them, trying to figure out, hey, how can we be more like them? How can we grow our business to their size?
1: Yeah, you don't get intimidated by them.
0: No, sad. I mean, nobody, nobody's
2: better than you in this game, right? They're just further ahead. So when you see the Grant Cardone's that are doing billions in, in real estate, you know, or, or have that under management or wherever he's at right now in his portfolio, you know, the multi, multi millionaires in this space. I mean, we just see that as a resource, just learn from them because they got there somehow.
3: Right.
1: Right. Right. And they're usually willing to teach. So that's awesome. So do you have any book recommendations, podcasts, anything that you're listening to or that has uh, really struck you recently? (laughs)
0: To get me started with, yeah, Fuck. Uh, I, I love the game from Alex Hermosi. He's not a real estate guy, but he does put out, out awesome business content. Anything bigger pockets, if you are looking for more real estate specific things, and as far as a book goes, shoot, I, I feel like we've probably read every single bigger pockets book they have, so you can't go wrong with that. If you're really hooked on one topic, one niche, I'm sure they have a niche to hop into it. Yes, exactly. And
2: as far as podcasts goes, um, I listen to the, the same podcast. I so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. add in there. Um, Mind Pump is another one that we listen to more for entertainment, and uh, it's more um, a muscle fitness podcast in general. Oh,
1: cool!
2: A big part of of my life, I'd say. As far as books go, I mean, it's I've definitely realized this as I've read more and more books. It's not really so much about how many books. read but what you gain from them so you know i I would say like a majority of people i started with rich dad poor dad and then it kind of went from there you know it's trickled on uh but i just take notes from each of those books and make sure that i'm actually implementing them Mm -hmm. into the business um, and seeing how we can actually use what what they're teaching you know because i would say even if you these audiobooks, or actually read them, you
0: know, you can just go through them and then probably forget the next month about what you just read. Um, but yeah. And we, so at least, so I do the same thing he does, which is take very detailed notes on every book that uh, I read. And so for example, we have, we haven't done any multifamily deals yet. But we have, I think, 35 pages of notes that we've taken from the multifamily books that we've read. And it makes our life so much easier when, because we we do underwrite multifamily deals a decent amount now as we're getting ready to hop into that world while we continue to buy residential. And it makes it so much easier because if we ever get lost, we can just go back in that 35 page. Uh, word document that we've been taking notes on all these books just control f it find find the word that we're like what does this mean like what is that and and then we can find it in cat so it's not just about reading the book it's also about retaining that information and whatever that means for you
1: that is amazing you guys are like machines and it's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i know you're like forever students like yeah
0: uh, yeah, I also put hot sauce on everything because of the army. So, <laughs> Not all because the it.
1: food was so bad, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, it was tough, yeah, actually, yeah. Tough. yeah, yeah. So, we got a lot of Cholula and a lot of Frank's Fred in the house,
1: yeah, yeah. You th- I would think that you'd get sick of it after a while, no, <laughs> how funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So would you say cool. that that's your uh, boring fact about you or do you have anything else you can share with us? That is a oh. boring or interesting, <laughs> not well-known fact about each of us. Each uh, of us.
2: So <laughs> we yeah. just started this, but uh, we started meal prepping and it, <laughs> we could send you like a clip of this video <laughs> if you want to insert it or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. But
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, every
2: weekend, you know, Sunday or something like that when we're both free. Uh, We'll just go to Costco or or Sam's Club and just buy for the week. And it usually looks like 12 pounds of, of beef and like 10 pounds of chicken and two pounds of rice and potatoes. And we'll just set cook it all at once, set it up for the week. Really just to save time throughout the
0: week when we don't have the time to cook for ourselves. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just quite the scene us cooking 20 pounds. A lot of times his girlfriend will be helping us out as well. And we're cooking 20 pounds of meat at once. We have three separate griddles at the house now. Oh my gosh. But it saves us so much time because the amount of time that we would spend, you know, cleaning dishes, prepping the food and all that we could be, we could be working instead of doing the dishes right now. And so we're like, how can we fix this working or also watching baseball or football? So I don't want to act like yeah. we, we never, we never get away from that, but that's, that's kind of saved us a lot of time too.
1: Well, that, and then you're cooking healthy stuff, right? Right. When it, when it's the end of the day and you don't feel like cooking, it's so, it's, I don't know about you. It's easy for me. Like, let's just order a pizza. I'll stop by Chick-fil-A on the way home. <laughs> Right. And then I end up eating bad instead of something that fuels me. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Last year when I was having the busiest real estate year of my life, um, as far as my real estate sales business, I had found a company that did meal prep for me. Mm -hmm. Right so that I didn't actually have to do it because Sundays were for open houses, you know? So there was like no downtime to actually prep. So it was, I mean, I I don't remember. It ended up coming out to like 10 bucks a plate, which wasn't crazy. I just picked them all up on a Monday and whatever they made, I ate right for, we had for dinner for the rest of the week and we Mm -hmm. just microwaved it. And it was amazing. And so just like having those, like there's the whole, there's like so much that goes into meal planning, right? There's coming up yeah. with the ideas, there's the shopping, right? Yeah. And then there's the cooking. Like there's yeah. so much with the execution that I think that.
0: And the it, worst part, the dishes afterwards. The
1: dishes. <laughs> the dishes
0: afterwards. The <laughs> worst. Yeah.
1: life hack just leave them in there long enough and your husband will do them
0: yeah I just wait till my girlfriend comes yeah terrible yeah somebody keeps putting them away I haven't figured out who it is yet
1: you just keep doing it
0: why fix it
1: if it's not broken also
0: (laughs) the, the same meal
2: for us lunch and dinner for the rest of the week and, you know, we're okay with
3: that. So,
2: yeah. so, so some I'm okay nice.
1: with that. <laughs> I am okay with that. I used to like, when I was like single and renting a room, I would eat oatmeal and green tea, like for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like the same thing all the time. Like I, I don't have like this palette that needs to change, but this is probably just TMI, but my husband, <laughs> he, he needs like something different. If he had chicken for lunch, he can't have chicken for dinner. If he had chicken <laughs> yesterday for dinner, he can't have chicken tonight for dinner. It's like so crazy. Like the different palettes or. What we're accustomed to it's just uh so trying to make that match because I, I think, can eat the same thing
0: yeah if you if you started putting hot sauce on everything, I think you could eat the same thing every day. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you can
2: vary yeah. you can go Cholula one day Frank's for dinner Louisiana From Louisiana. oh yeah
1: Louisiana. okay. There's so a
2: barbecue in there. oh the answer yeah.
1: is I just need to buy a bunch of different hot sauces really that's
0: Yes what I mean. yes. yeah, so would just an start answer. cooking so poorly that he has to put something on it to stay polite. And just leave hot sauce there because that way he doesn't have to say, he'll be like, man, I can either say something, to start a fight or just start putting hot sauce. Next thing you know, he's addicted.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think they, I'm so glad that we met today so that yeah. I could solve this problem. Of yeah.
0: Real estate investors, army vets, marriage counselors, we do it yeah. all. We do it all.
1: It's a one-stop shop. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of which, well, What's next for you too besides marriage counseling? Um, <laughs> what's next for your business, for yourselves?
0: So, we're going to continue buying residential properties. We really love the niche that we're in right now, and we think we can do a lot in middle Tennessee. So, we're going to continue that side. And one of the big factors we're focusing on is working with other groups such as the Halfway House. There's a lot of other programs out there that we like them for the reasons we brought up earlier, as well as the fact that they're helping people. Uh, so we're going to continue doing those, that, and buying houses in Middle Tennessee. Right, and these groups, are, I mean, they're really group
2: homes, but they can be, vary from anything, anything from assisted living to just outpatient um, care teams, or, or you know, cancer treatments, like. People that don't necessarily need to stay in hospitals, but can mm-hmm. uh, just live in a home with the help of of you know a nurse or something like that. We're digging into this; i's very new to us, so uh, we're still discovering what's out there.
1: Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of options, and you've found that there's a need for these homes or these groups to find a home, right? Most
2: definitely, yeah, there is. Yeah, we just need to to network with the right people, really, to to get into these groups, but.
1: Okay, so if anybody's listening, yeah, and that is your business, and you're looking for a place. Hit up these guys, see if they have a place that you can rent. Do you have a goal as far as how many homes in the next year or anything concrete like that? Do you have a whiteboard for it? I should ask specifically.
0: <laughs> there we go. Yeah.
1: There we go. There we go. <laughs> I knew it.
0: We we'd like to hit. Uh, we'd like to hit. I think it's just over twenty homes uh, by mid midpoint next year. Uh, at that point, more, yeah. more, yeah. So
3: more homes. Mm-hmm.
0: And with that, we, we will be transitioning into getting into some commercial deals. As we're going into that, we kind of want to make sure we're not overextending ourselves and we continue to set up the right systems in place so that mm-hmm. we don't go in too many directions at once. You know, it, there's always that shiny object syndrome in real estate. There's so many people making so much money in so many different ways that you want to make sure that you're growing at the right pace instead of you know doing that whole building up 100 bridges instead of building this one. So we do have some other things coming up as well, but that's our main focus right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Don't go and spend all your money on a rental property, start a new business, have a baby, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: live in the mountains, uh, uh, et cetera. Like really hone in, focus.
3: <laughs> and it sounds like
1: that's what you guys are doing and you're kicking butt and rocking it. So where can people contact you, get a hold of you, um, get more information, or look for opportunities to partner up, maybe invest with you?
3: Um,
2: they can check out our website at www.kdpreal-estate.com. And then, <laughs> and they then can, at okay. least the business uh, social medias and links will be on there, at least for our personal, <laughs> minus Mine is my Instagram handle is FB. F F-P-I-N-E-Y-R f-p-i-n-e-y-r-o underscore. And then you can find, I mean, everything we're doing through there
3: as
0: well. Yeah. And my Instagram's alex underscore dant, that's D-A-N-T. And feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions at all. We love talking to people that are just getting started, talking about what we do. Also, you know, if you were looking to invest with us, partner up on projects, we'd love partnering up with other investors.
1: Awesome. And you've been posting some really great stuff, Alex. So good job on that. I follow.
0: (laughs) The reels are tough to figure out, but I think I finally got a handle on them.
1: I think you've got it. They are. I've been having a lot of glitches lately. um, And so that's slowing down my progress, but I'll I'll figure (laughs) it out. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the show today and sharing all of your knowledge. This has been really eye-opening. It's helped me and my business many ways. Uh, You deep dived into a lot of stuff that I'm interested in. And it sounds like you're doing good for the communities and the people that you're serving as well. So I'm so honored to have met you guys and to have been able to interview you both as well. And I look forward to seeing more whiteboards and more houses from you guys and more reels.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Thanks thanks you. so much for having us.
1: Thank you. Well, that is all for our show. I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. I had a great time talking to both Alex and Fernando, and I look forward to following up with them and their continued success. See if they really get 20 more homes in the next year, or if they surpass their goal like they did with their previous uh, challenges that they shared with us. I want to thank everybody for listening today. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review or me a review at uh, whatever platform you're listening to. Feel free to also reach out to me. If you have any ideas for topics, you want to be on the show, you just want to say hi, you can do so at our website, obsessedwithrealestateshow.com, as well as I'm on Instagram at Alana George underscore real estate, same on TikTok. And If you're looking to invest with me on any future syndication offerings, you can go to clearconnectioncapital.com. Thanks again for listening or watching and uh, stay tuned for the next show. We have a lot of great guests lined up and I can't wait. Thanks again. Bye-bye.